Milton, I am the project director of the Pathways to Students and Success program. I will be your moderator for this wonderful podcast. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. It will be named PTS3 Save Sanity. Today we have a great discussion featuring three of our PTS3 mentors, Shivoni, Deborah, and Hayford. The topic is self. Okay, let's get right into it. I would like each of you to describe yourself using five adjectives. And I will start this and I want you to follow. So I feel like I'm hardworking, fun, I'm a go-getter, definitely passionate, and definitely a leader. And I would like Shivoni to go next. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Shivoni. I'm a PTS3 mentor at BCC. I would describe myself as being direct, motivated, proactive, hardworking, and open-minded. Deborah. Um, I would describe myself as a flexible person, a happy person, determined, passionate, and humble. <sighs> Thank God you didn't say on time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I see you've got jokes today, Chris. <laughs> I, I try. I try to get them in when I can. The that was one jokes. out of ten. That was one out of ten, but okay. <laughs> and last but not least, Mr. Hayford. Hi everyone, this is Hayford. I'm also a PTS3 mentor at Lehman College. Describing myself, I would say I'm determined and I'm also eager to learn. I'm also positive minded. I try to keep my faith and also hopes alive each and every time. I love everyone as well. And last but not least, I am kind to everyone. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I would definitely agree. You are very kind hearted. Okay, so moving on. Uh, we have a quote of the day. Don't compromise yourself. You're all you have. That's a quote by John Gresham and the Rainmaker. So I asked of the mentors, what are your thoughts on this quote? I'll start. Um, I really like this quote, you know, it's all about being true to yourself, no matter what type of situation you're in or who's around you, because at the end of the day, when, you know, all, everything is said and done, you have to reflect on the options and the, the choices that you've made. That's pretty deep, Shalom. Thank you. <laughs> I, would say, I would also like to say that compromising is one one thing that actually makes you in reality like a fake person. You cannot be mm -hmm. trustworthy. And also, no one wants to actually leave things into your hands. So being yourself at, at each and every time gives everyone the opportunity to know you and also know your values as well. That's yeah. true. Yes, definitely true. Deborah. So I'm actually. Mm. I agree with uh, Bolche and Hayford. Um, I do think that you should stay true to yourself and don't compromise on who you are. I just think once you compromise yourself, like who would you be able to trust or who would be able to trust you? Um, mm. Because you're not staying true to yourself. Um, so comp being compromised 
No, I, I like that. Thanks, Shay. Um, it is what it is. I mean, exactly what I said. You, you can't trust a person that, that compromises themselves on a constant basis, even if you do it once. I mean, we've all gone down that road where we had no choice but to kind of compromise uh, our beliefs or um, what, we, what we stand for. But at the same time, uh, if, if you can avoid it, you definitely avoid it at all costs. We're going to the topic of self. Okay, so this is, a, this is a couple of questions that I will have, all right? Are you more you when you are alone or when you are with others? Are you more you when you are alone or when you are with others? And let me start this off because I believe I'm definitely more me when I'm feeding off other people. So I feel I'm the best me when I'm doing for other people and when I'm with other people. Uh, when I'm by myself, oh, God, I'm an extrovert, so <laughs> it's painful. Um, yeah, that's that's how I'm going to start that off. Please feel free to add. I, don't, I would like to take that mess. I think for me, it depends on the environment I find myself in. Because each and every environment provides like a situation that you have to deal with. So, but personally, I am immortal and I won't be alone most of the times. But however, I also, I'm always like trying to descend my environment as well so that I, I could live in that environment. Thank you. <laughs> um, I agree with. Chris, actually, I think that, you know, you are more you when you're with others than when you are with yourself. And that just personally for me, but just in general as well. And the reason I feel that way is because this is such a social environment. Everything requires you to interact with other people, whether it's in school, whether it's on the street, where it's in the job. And, you know, being in those type of situations kind of reveals to yourself one situation at a time, the type of person you are, whether you're more introvert, introverted or extroverted or being in like uncomfortable situations is kind of revealed to you, you know, your likes, your dislikes. And for that reason, I think that you're more you when you're with others than you're with yourself. You know, it's up to you to decide how you're going to act in either situation. But that's my opinion. And your opinion counts. Thank you. <laughs> I do think you're more you when you're with. Hmm. So it could go either way. Either way. So I feel like if you're depending on the environment, like Hayford said, and the people that you are, it can kind of bring out a side of you that you didn't even know that you had versus when you're with yourself. But when you're with yourself, the other thing is that you're not being judged by who's looking at you. So you can literally be the most funniest person by yourself. You could watch anything that you want. You could literally walk around half naked. If that makes you you and you feel like that is you, that is you. Versus, you know, being with other people where you feel like if you're going to going out with a specific group of people, you have to wear specific type of clothing to kind of fit in or you know that type of thing but it could go either way depending on the crowd that you're with the environment and who you think you want to be around different people i want to counter that by mm. saying like i agree judgment does play a role but i want to counter that by also saying that can't you be more you 
by choosing to go against like societal norms or you know regulations or rules and just being yourself outside with others so like people that you know wear you know let's say that like to wear black and, you know being outside or being in an environment where everybody's wearing all colorful clothes that's just you being yourself with others then you know like the pope says compromising yourself and deciding to wear colorful attire to be with others then i think that's just you being more fake yeah. Okay. I agree. Um, in some point, I feel like we don't always get to choose the crowd that we're in. So that's the other thing that um, you you might have to consider in this. Some, I mean, for example, if you're if you got a job, you like the job, great. You don't always choose the people that you work with or things around that sort. So there might be some, you know, over there. But I do, I do see your point, Shavoni. That was a great point. Can I add something to it? Of course. Give myself as an example. So I'm I'm quite like a faith person. You can talk about faith person. I mean, others would tell me that's religious, which I don't see myself as religious. And when I'm when I'm left alone, I can do a whole lot. I can watch so many videos, study so many books, talk so many. Like, have fun with my faith. However, I cannot have that same like environment I have in my house outside because I'm thinking of others as well. To have like a non-compromising by being like right, fade away, but I'm actually trying to also see the people around and make everyone feel comfortable without even taking my beliefs outside. So I think that is what I was trying to say about be me when I'm left alone. Yeah, I see Hayford's point as well. That's that's a really good point. Um, in terms of being biased, that's I, as part of the quote as well. Compromising is not always a, um, a negative thing, like being shed light on. Compromises, it could be you trying to you know make peace reign at some point, and it doesn't mean that necessarily you're a fake person. It's just one in the the best situation in you know for everyone at a certain point so i just want to bring it back to the topic the topic itself so we're talking about you as an individual right and the question was are you more you when you are alone or when you're with others so it's about self and i'm not saying anyone is wrong or anyone is right but i just want to challenge you to think about self okay and how are you? Are you going to compromise yourself every time you're with a crowd? Or when you're alone, are you feeling more comfortable with yourself? I, this is, I think this is the, the discussion. And uh, as we're going on, I just want to hear more, more examples of um, how you agree with you being alone or with others making you feel better. So I want to dive into that. Um, I think... You know, on the topic of self, and more specifically, the question at hand where it says, when you are with others, I think, you know, part about a part of self is also being aware of like your surroundings. And like, I'll give an example of just, you know, my experience in college, like halfway through college, I made a transitions with, you know, my friend group. And I would definitely say like with the friends that I have now, one of them being Deborah, I am definitely more myself with them, which are like classified others than I am with know myself and going back to Hayford's point or even Deborah's point of you know certain things that you're not um 
you're not sure about talking out loud or having that type of discussion with other people. So you revert to, you know, being by yourself. You know, it's about finding the group of people that accept you for who you are and, you know, allow yourself to be you, like unconditionally you, unconditionally yes. Shay. Yes. Yes, that's right. I always want you to keep that in mind. You, it's about you. That's no matter what anyone says about you, no matter what I say about you or Jamie may say about you guys, it's about what you feel on the inside and how you want to live your life. Our job is just to give you ways to um, better your life, okay? And it may not even be better for you, um, but we just want to see you succeed. So we're going to give you advice based on succeed, succession, all right? Other people, like your friends, you know, they want to see how far you're going to go sometimes with something maybe negative or something maybe positive. But most of the time, people are testing you, okay? And they want to see how far you're going to go and how much you're going to come outside the box or outside your comfort zone in order for in order to um, prove to them that you're either loyal or some nonsense like that. As I previously said, for me, I'm quite, I'm quite like um, myself. I try to be myself everywhere I go. And people who know me, some people know me, and I don't know how they got to know even I'm religious or in terms of my Christian or my faith belief. But because of myself and how I've trained myself to be, even you could see it in my talk, even if I don't try to bring it out. You could see it in my door. so I'm I try my best to be myself wherever I go, even if I I'm trying to also view the environment I'm also in. But however, again, you can't you can't deceive nature. Nature brings you out so quickly. Yeah. So sometimes that is me on on the go. Yeah. I was I was gonna say, um, the question of you. I feel like a part of the you is the people that are around you, the people that raised you, that makes you you. So I don't know where the, are you compromising yourself? Are you being yourself around other people? It's a part of them, a part of you is you. A part of them is you, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. You're saying your parents help shape who you are today. Mm. Yes, it's a part of them in, in you. So if you're around them, you're still, a you and a you. It, I don't know if that makes sense. I, I like that because you're saying there's a you friend and a you family. Yes. That's what I'm getting out of that. It's all the you. It's still a you, but you know, a part of them is in you. So either that you're with them or you're not with them, you're still a you. Hmm. I like that's that. Kind of, that's pretty deep. All right. Deborah. The last thought was you family versus you with friends and uh, colleagues. We all thought that was a very good point. Um, can you just go a little deeper into that? Um, so I feel like in a sense that the makeup of you has to do with your environment, which includes your family and friends, your young childhood friends and everything else that you learned picking up, growing up, and that made you who you are. So if you're with them, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a different person. You're still the you that you are. Just bringing a, you're just bringing out a different aspect of who you are, which is still you. Nice. 
So let, let me just play devil's advocate because my you, when I was uh, a, a teenager, 13, 14, was getting into trouble. Uh, I was hanging with people that I probably shouldn't have been hanging with. Wait, um, you were getting into trouble? Can we do a mini story time? For here we go. Here we go. Uh, I, I will say this. I, I am nowhere near perfect. Mm. And everything I spew to you guys is something from experience. And mm. I would never want you to fall into the traps that I fell into when you could avoid those traps. If, if I'm here to help save you or at least keep you from going going down the same road that I went through or down, uh, then why not listen? You know, uh, I was definitely not a perfect child. I can tell you that for a fact. But it's not about me. It's about you today. Okay, so we're <laughs> going to go back to the you. I was hanging around some unsavory characters. Uh, they were my what I consider to be my friends, they're still my friends. I just don't hang with them anymore because, you know, they decided to start using drugs and uh, they were doing things that that I didn't see as successful or going to help the success of my future. Meaning, right. I did not want to go to jail. I uh, did something about being uh, indoors, oh, kind of like quarantine, uh, 23 <laughs> hours a day, only be able to go out one, one hour a day, um, it's just something about it that I did not like. And that's when I had to make the decision. Once we got caught uh, throwing rocks at cars and breaking car windows the last time, and I ended up having to go down to juvenile, uh, that taught me that uh, next year, the guy actually said, well, next year, if you were to get caught doing something like this, you can go to jail. Wow. That changed my world because I did not, I, I've seen family members go to jail. And when they come out, they're never the same. So I would never want to go down that same road. And you learn from the people you're around. So I do agree with you 100% when you said there's a young you, and then there's the family you. There's there's a couple of yous, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right? So on that note, I mean, I'm going to turn it over, but I just want to say my, my piece because I just feel like, you know, the, the different yous are definitely throughout time. Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely agree um, with you, Chris and Deborah, to an extent. Um, there's definitely different types of you. Like, we're all not the same person we were when we were young and we thought we wanted to be an astronaut and go into space and explore Mars. Um, but, you know, the beauty of the different stages of life is we have, like, the opportunity like for example, in college, where we have like internships and experiences, and we, you know, see different crowds to kind of figure out the type of person that we want to be. And you know, I definitely agree with Deborah's point in the fact that our family plays a big role. You know, our family and our culture and where we come from play a big role in who we are and what we want to, what traditions you want to like continue to uphold. But there comes a time, you know, whether it's in college or in your twenties or late 20s where we kind of decide you know what we want to do if we actually want to continue to do this or not do that and that becomes part of our greater us or our greater self just that choice so am I gonna continue to do this do this thing or act this way because it's okay with the people around me or do I want to do it because I want to do it but Shay um most for example let's talk about career-wise right if you, for example, like you said, you wanted to be an astronaut when you were younger and you decided that, oh, shoot, 
I don't want to be an astronaut. I want to be a doctor. But there's this, there's this one point where you figured out you wanted to be a doctor or a physician or a scientist based on internships. And that's, that's the things around you. It's also bringing out the you. It's still you figuring out, you figured out that you don't want to be an astronaut, probably because you are with other people or you were an astronaut. I don't know if you ever met one. And you figured out, have you? <laughs> and you, you figured out, nah, this is not me. Versus um, shadowing a doctor, that's still people around you bringing out the you. So essentially, the people around you adds up to the you. Yes, and I agree, which is what I was saying, you know, with the original question of when you're alone or working with others, you know, that's why I agreed in the beginning that, you know, the others or the, your external situation definitely, like, plays a role or definitely either inhibits you being you or you figuring out you. The things you wouldn't be able to figure out, you know, just being by yourself, you know, the, you could look up how to be an astronaut on the internet or how to be a doctor, but it wouldn't bring out, you know, I wouldn't say it wouldn't optimize yourself unless you're with others or you, like you were saying, get the opportunity to see an astronaut or shadow physician or do some research. Mm. What about you, Hafer? What do you think? It all ties back to what I actually said in the beginning in the sense that your environment really counts. Like as Mr. Chris was saying, his environment that he found himself growing up in actually also led to other things in his life and myself. Like the environment I was in, I found myself in actually helped me cultivate the real person I am now. So it all ties back to the environment that you find yourself in. It is the environment decides or helps you determine who who you are mm. and also gives you like apart from help helping you to determine who you are it gives you your actual nature that you when you are indoors by yourself you actually know who you are again that is what i would say yeah mm. like mm. that one so, thing that I want to say, like one last thing, <laughs> is sometimes, for example, you have characteristics that you don't know about it yet. So let's say a person has anger issues. You don't know you got anger issues until you go outside and you meet somebody that annoys you so much, you realize, oh my God, I hate these type of group of people. I hate these type of things. So yes, I agree with you for this world. I just wanted to throw that in. I like that. Uh, so... My question would be, so how do you become the best you? Hmm. With all that being said, how do you become the best you? I I would say, I really like that question. I think we're all in that exploratory state of figuring out what we want to do with our lives and assessing different things. But I think the way to become your best you is by implementing self-reflection, whether it's at the end of every day or at the end of every week, but just reflecting on your decisions, your choices, the people that you have around you and you know what you're doing with your life, whether it's now, two years from now or in the future, and then kind of like assessing if you're you know okay with that or not. Mm, I like that. So I'd to it, I would say, again, one, 
would I say a quote or an adverb or no, not an adverb, a proverb instead rather that I learned when I was growing is experience is the best teacher in the sense that as we share the experience, it has helped you in also helping others to groom up themselves. So again, whatever we go through in life, God always shapes us. There is also an adage in our language, I mean in the Ghanaian community language, which I might not be able to share here because the language is not understood by everyone, but it, it, it actually tells you that you going in front, how should I put it to make it very simple? Like, you don't know the mistakes that you did behind, but those who are behind you can actually tell you the mistakes that you you, you left or you jumped over, and they will be able to correct you. So our environment, again, shapes us, and it makes us the, the best you that you can ever find on this planet. Again, you have all the potentials in you, and for that potentials to come out as an individual for you to utilize it, it all depends on the environment you find yourself in. I'll never use my 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 academic knowledge in my house because I'm not going to use it for anything in terms of, let's say, communicating with my parents. I'm not going to use chemistry to communicate with my parents or mixing chemicals. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not also going to use the tradition in my household to go into the lab to mix chemicals. It wouldn't work. But at the end of the day, our potentials are, we find ourselves to grow in our potentials very well in every environment we find ourselves. And they all contribute to who we are and make us the great person that the world is expecting or are waiting for us. Thank you. Okay. Um, Powerful. Hold on, I gotta give you a clap for that one. Wow. I was in heaven. Wow. Too. Wow. Oh my oh, you god. Did, you just took me to another place. I will say that. Um. Um. I would say, um, be aware of your own inner thoughts, and also follow your intuition. It's one of the best ways to find out your best version of yourself. And Shivani, anything else to add before we move on? No, I think everyone gave great advice, whether it's for themselves or for the people listening on how you could, you know, be your best self. With you saying that, I want to say you being the best you helps me be the best me. So I expect nothing less, you know, the better you guys do, the better I will do. All right, because I feed off of you. And when I say we, we started at the beginning, am, am I... Are you more you when you are alone or when you're with others? I'm going to go back and say, I still believe I am the best me when I'm with others because uh, I think I was put on this earth. God put me on this earth to serve. And I've always said I was a servant leader and I will continue to be a servant leader. And I will always share and help as much as I can uh, the people that I am with. Mm. I like that. All right, so our last segment of this podcast is My Favorite Moments. My Favorite Moments with Shivani, with Hayford, and Deborah. So let me start with Deborah. Oh, wow. Oh, Lord. <laughs> my Favorite Moments with Deborah is when she used to come in my office and say my name with a really annoying sound. She would say, Creeps. <laughs> 
oh, it would bother me so much. But I will say this, that I miss it right now. Or she would come in and say, Mr. Milton with an attitude because she was having a bad day. Even with that attitude, she made it a point to come and give me a hug. She would sit in my office for 10 to 15 minutes just talking about anything. Sometimes she would come in my office with food. Oof. <laughs> Mostly just snacks. And I would watch her eat. And as she would Right, she would see me getting annoyed because she was always dropping crumbs on my floor. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite moments. Now I wish I could relive those little moments. I just want to say congratulations, Deborah, for making it through these years with me. I know I was hard on you, but you will see that it was all for a good reason. I shed a tear this afternoon because I will miss my adopted daughter. Yay! I know you always say you didn't want me, but I know you want me, Chris. I know you want I'm, me. I'm, I'm your father. I'm your that. daughter. I'm, I'm your daughter. <laughs> it's I'm, okay. I'm still trying to throw you back. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to give you to somebody else. It's okay. My college, my medical tuition is coming, so just get ready, adopter father. I accept you. She's <laughs> comedian. My next person is Shavoni. Oh, Shavoni, Shavoni, Shavoni. <laughs> My favorite moments with Shivani is when she comes, when she would come in and ask for my advice. And by the end of the conversation, she would say, you act just like my dad. So, <laughs> I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but I would always say, obviously, your dad is a wonderful person. So the other time is when she came in my office after her first REU, and I believe it was in Maryland. Uh, she was like the happiest person ever. And she was beaming with excitement. We may have talked for about 30 minutes about her experience, 30 to 45 minutes that day on her experience. By the end of the conversation, I saw a different, more mature Shivoni. Shivoni, uh, I just want to say, go out there and make us proud. You have proven that you're a natural-born leader, and I expect to hear great things in the next couple of years from you. You definitely will be missed, my other adopted daughter. Last but not least, that's on here is Mr. Hayford. Uh-uh. Mr. Hayford, oh wow. Where do I start with Mr. Hayford? I say Mr. Hayford because he always comes to me when he enters my office and says, How are you, Mr. Chris? How are you, Mr. Chris? I always known I've always known Hayford to be this kind, pretty, serious, and gentle young man. Uh, there was this one time when he surprised the heck out of me. It wasn't just me, it was me, Raphael, Jamie, and the rest of the crew. Um, I had no idea that he was this much of a comedian, but let me just explain. So one day he leaves his coat on the sofa in Jamie's office. If anyone knows Jamie's office, you know it's the busiest square footage in the PTSD program. So his coat was left on the couch or maybe it had fell on the ground. I don't know what the hell happened, but I'm gonna tell you, he acted like he was so upset and started saying how much his jacket costs and you know what kind of jacket this is and someone's going to pay for dry cleaning. And I had to get up out of my seat because I thought there was about to be a fight. So I actually had to get up uh, and notice that it wasn't that serious. What makes this a memorable moment is that uh, this mild-mannered young man that never raised his voice or anything like that was actually a real comedian. And I was just surprised that he showed that side of him with us because he was always 
Well, that's from what I know. I know Deborah and Giovanni, you know him differently, but he showed me something different. And I was just like, wow, he is actually bullying people right now. And that is just not his style. But it just made me, it made me feel good inside that uh, we knew it was a joke and everyone was laughing. I kept understand. I couldn't understand why people were laughing. I was like, he's actually bullying people. So let me get up and I check on them and it's all fun. So, Mr. Hayford, with that being said, keep up what you're doing. I have no doubt that we'll be hearing from you uh, as Dr. Hayford in, in Africa. Africa. In Africa. <laughs> in Africa, in America, I think you're going to do well wherever you go. Okay, but I know you want to get back to your community and that's a noble thing to do. So I thank you. I will miss you. I will miss you all. Um, oh, you're bringing a tear to my eye. My really, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> I, I think you just don't understand that this is this is something serious for me. I, I, I don't like goodbyes. I like saying, see you later. Um, but what's really hard is that I did create a bond with you guys, all right? And even as a director, um, I wasn't able to to be as close with you as I would love to be, but it's still you still made it a point to make me a part of your life. Mm. So that means a lot to me. Um, okay, I need to go on. I'm gonna move on. Don't worry, it's not, um, it's not a single bond. Neither is a double bond. It's a triple bond. <laughs> triple bond. <laughs> you know how hard triple bonds. How much energy they need to be broken, Chris? You're talking to three chem majors right now. Oh gosh, I like oh, that. Lord. I like that. Well, make me one of those uh, molecules or whatever the hell you guys call it. What am I? I want to be You'll a be team. I'm a what? <laughs> that's something that's gonna stay connected, right? Yeah. Just okay. remember CH4. Yeah. Okay. Blah blah. All I heard was blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have two more graduates that I have to speak about. Beauty. Beauty's leaving us, all right? And I want to talk about her as well. And then after that, I'll talk about one other, and then we can end. But Beauty, our youngest of the group, and in my eyes, one of the most venturous students we have. Um, so my favorite moment with Beauty is when she would receive a stipend or something, uh, or something else from the program. It could be as, as small as a pencil. And she would say, oh, my God, thank you so much. I am so blessed. Oh, blah, blah. Like a thousand times to us. Like, she wouldn't get over it. Um, but she she has always been so humble. Uh, and that's just like her real personality. Uh, there was this one time when she had received an opportunity to do a research outside of New York. I believe that was also in Maryland. Or it could have been out west. Maybe it was out west. Um, Mexico or something out like that. Um, and she was a little nervous, so we talked it through in great depth. She was just on her way to finish her, finishing her freshman year and had not really had any travel experience outside New York, but to come to New York State or New York City from Africa. Once we discovered the pros and cons, or once we discussed the pros and cons, she made her decision and hasn't looked back. Now she looks for opportunities that are outside of her comfort zone of New York City all the time. The one experience opened her eyes to so much more uh, that this summer she will be leaving us for the University of Buffalo. 
while I'm sad that I will not see her face or hear her thank yous. I'm so proud that she took the advice and will be doing something that she has always wanted to do. Never forget, once PTS3, always PTS3. You will always be our family and I will miss you much. And my last mentor, another graduate, Miss Angie. So Miss Cruz, I had to think about my most memorable moment with Angie because um, they're all pretty memorable. You know, she's always full of energy. She's a firecracker. She comes in with issues and then by the time she leaves, she may still have that issue, but she's smiling. Um, but a few months back, uh, Angie and I had a heart-to-heart discussion in my office about her life and about education in general. It was a great conversation because it reopened my eyes to some things. I was able to sit, see just how heavy some of our lives are and how we don't talk to one another enough. We need to talk to one each other more than on just an occasion. With her opening my eyes, um, I had to change some of the things that I do in my personal life. If you call someone a friend, try to speak with them more often and not just things that make them happy, uh, but things that make you feel uh, you think you're holding back. Meaning, if you have issues, your friends are supposed to be the ones to get you through those issues. All right? Angie opened that uh, opened my eyes to that because I had forgotten about that. You know, we haven't had any issues. I haven't had any personal issues in a while. I mean, besides a couple of deaths here and there from older people, um, my life has been pretty good. Like I said, I feed off the energy that my students give me, so my life has been pretty good. Um, but anyway, Angie, uh, I want you. Oh, I want you to continue to be who you are, and as you move to the next steps in your life, know that you can do and be whatever you want. Don't listen to the naysayers. This is about you, and we just had this discussion about you. So keep that in mind. Your energy and helpfulness in the office will be missed, and I know that we will always be your adopted family. Good luck with everything. And to close, I want to say for all of you guys, I miss you all very much, and know that I am only a phone call away. When I say I consider you to be my family, I mean every word of it. Wait, wait, I got something to say, wait. So I do want to say something to Chris, your your adopted daughter. I, I have my favorite moment with Chris. So the first day um, I met Ramata and Mohammed and we were talking about make, creating a club. And we we're thinking about what club it should be and how we're going to get support for the club. And that was the first time we were like, oh, we're a part of the PTS3. That was the first year of the program. We should we should do a club and they were like let's go talk to Chris so we we prepared for over a week what is everybody gonna say how we're gonna look at Chris because we knew Chris to be a serious man so we're, we're the day on the day of the meeting it was raining so we were trying to find Mohammed and we all came in five minutes late they were like I we just go talk it out and Chris go be fine we walked into the office we saw chris's face we just walked out for like five good minutes gather our breath like okay chris walked out like what you think this is what you think this is always late to something and then at that moment we were like okay maybe we gotta try to be on time with chris and that chris's track was one of the people that made me learn about punctuality and being on time for things because i know chris is not going to take it from me 
also, he was one of the people that gave me my first leadership experience it's ever, what? ever, ever. Yeah, I mean, we're kind we're getting there, Chris. We're like <laughs> halfway there. We like if it's nine a.m., we're gonna try to be there by nine fifteen. That's 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 a good amount of time. Chris, we working on it. Be grateful. Be grateful, Chris. We getting there. <laughs> So he was one of the pe first people to give me my first ever leadership experience on campus. Um, we did the club for about two years and he was always there whenever he can and he was very supportive. From that experience on my resume, I've been able to achieve more things. And I do wanna say thank you to Chris for being who you are regardless, whether you're angry or not, you show it on your sleeves so and thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Deborah. Appreciate it. 15, not 15, we're getting there. You know what? Baby steps, that's all I can say, baby steps. <laughs> we're getting there, Chris. Well, I, I think, you know, not just for Deborah's own personal experience, but we all on the call, on the podcast, and all the other mentors, and I think it really extends to just the mentees as well. I can all just say that Chris has been very strong influential force you know in our development whether it's to figure out our own self or just figure out you know what our plans and our goals are whether it's he's our mini stepdad adopted father but you know for that we can all just be eternally grateful whether we recognize it now or a couple of years from now we'll all just go back to the moments when chris said see i told you to get here at nine o'clock when we actually have a real job <laughs> but you know thank you on behalf of everybody to add my voice, I would say thank you so much. Like in life, you come to meet people that shape your life also, and people that also try to waste your life. And I would say you're one of those who shaped our lives. Even though, as they said, sometimes it seems so serious, but your seriousness was just towards our well-being and also being able to execute the tasks that we have been assigned. And trust me, I really enjoy being in the office and sometimes you bother me and other stuff. <laughs> but in all that, I would say that thank you so much. You've been a friend, you've been a brother, you've been a teacher, and also an encourager. Be the good Lord continue to be with you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Chris, on the yes. record, <laughs> I want to say this. You scared me a lot. just don't know for you to know that. Good. Fear, fear, let me say this. Fear is actually a healthy, it's, it's healthy for you. Fear is healthy for you. I don't, I don't for like you. this. <laughs> you may not like it, but it, it taught you something. All right. My job is to teach you how to be a better leader. And I expect nothing less. And as you go out in this real world, you're still a reflection of what we taught you. So if you embarrass me, that's right, that's right. If you embarrass me, I'll come and find you. I will, okay? And there'll be some, there's some issues. You'll be some issues. Even if it's Ghana, I will come to Ghana and be with the Ghanaian people. And I will find Mr. Hey Ferranza. Please don't come, don't come. And if there's a problem. Don't come. I'd be pretty upset. Don't come. Anyway, now I will end this podcast by saying this is Chris Milton. 
Um, speaking for Hayford, Deborah, and Shivoni, signing off and saying I will say bye and till the next time. Thank you. <laughs>